What's up, everyone? And welcome to the 14th episode of the Boundless Media Podcast. I'm so excited to actually talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, Larissa's heart, and especially Justine's, which is data. Ooh, fun. Hi, guys. Yeah. Data <laughs> is a huge part of everything we do, especially in Outbound. It's so important. Because if your data is bad, nothing works. It's the the foundation of all your outbound campaigns. Absolutely. And really, this is for someone who's considering doing cold outreach, doing cold outreach, and you're not seeing the numbers that you want to do. We're also going to be talking a lot about other forms of data, not just where to get it, but how to analyze it, clean it, all that fun stuff. But really, that's uh, this is going to help you. This, I can guarantee, will help you. And if it doesn't, send me an email at nikagetboundlessmedia.com and tell me that it didn't so I can help you. Justine, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, so I think we should start from just the very beginning before you even like have data to look at. What do you, where do you start? Yeah, it's a great question. So, same type or anything. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So if you haven't listened to our podcast about offers, targeting, all that, I really recommend you pausing this and going back to those. And really like data takes many different forms. So what we're going to do for this podcast, we're going to be referring to to data as the actual person or people that we're reaching out to. We're also going to be using the word data as in regards to when we say analyzing data, analyzing the person, opens, what that means. So data is going to take different forms, but just think about data for outbound as the specific targets that you're trying to reach. So for instance, if you're trying to reach a 25-person company that just raised $6 million from Sequoia Capital, right? Getting the data for that is the person that you can help solve a specific problem. So the first name, last name, company, email address, verified. We'll talk about that in a little bit. LinkedIn, socials. And Larissa and I have ventured into the scary world of data where we can even find out what cars they drive, how old they are, and their credit score. But we're not going to talk about that today because that's scary marketing. We're going to talk about helping you in marketing. So your data starts with who are you going after and what problem are you solving? So a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about, you know, you shouldn't sell, I don't know, a operations solution to a CEO, because if you read their job titles, often it says that they are in the process of growing partnerships and driving revenue. A COO might be a better target for that. So start with like who you're going after and what problems do they have? Are they trying to reduce costs, increase clients? Like what are the problems that you're solving and that will feed into the offer. So just need to answer your question. It starts in the beginning of who you go after and what problems they have. Go, just wrap the pod up right now. <laughs> <laughs> you, okay, and usually this question is like, great, Nico. Like, I, I know this, but like, how do I find these people? So there are so many databases out there on finding these people. But what I recommend is you that you don't use any of them. Ooh, that's scary, Nico. But databases are amazing. Listener, they can be. But what I recommend, if you're starting to think about Outbound, or even if you've been doing it for a little bit, don't use databases because often you're looking at a third party that's gone in and analyzed a company and saying, this company was funded for this amount. And unless it's publicly available, that's probably right. So funding 
company size, those are easier to find. But even if you you know look at like Apollo, for instance, and you're looking at you know VC companies, there's fifty thousand of them, and the headcount's probably right, but how they're tagged. Like if you're looking for a VC firm that's just invested into eco based companies or B corporations, you're probably looking at about 30 to 40% of the data that these databases have that is completely wrong. And then you're probably looking at another 10 to 20% of them don't have the right contact information, right? So even within that, if you're starting outbound, don't use databases, like do the manual work first. Like sometimes the best prospects that you can find, you can just Google. Like it's, it's, I know it sounds like super crazy, but like for us, I, we're, I'm running a campaign targeting SaaS founders and I, I was using a ton of platforms, but then I ended up just Googling best ERP software for trucking companies. And I just ran a quick little Python script. And this is like jargon, but just a little script that's grabbed all the URLs in the first 10 searches that Google had. And I put them in the Apollo and they were way better than what Apollo had. So not just for saying like actually do the work manual to find the best of the best of the best. And then you can reverse engineer who those people are in databases. Yeah. So definitely like a really good way to kind of approach data acquisition is to first, again, really have your targeting nailed down, know exactly who you are, who you're reaching out to. Next would be, you need to understand that like there is a difference in data between demographic data and like more uh, psychographic or intent type data. So there's a lot of key different things you need to be looking for. It's really good to start with the demographics to get a base level of like, generally, who are you trying to reach out to? And if you need a really good starting point, there's a lot of different services like you can plug in your current client list to and get some basic demographic data. So Clearbit is a great service. It's free. Go ahead, just download your current client list in a CSV or whatever. Upload that. It will help you identify maybe some industries or uh, geographies or, you know, even potentially like technology used. Although, to be honest, like their accuracy on that, I would guess is like very low. But it's a good place to start to figure out, like, if you don't know how to acquire this data, start by getting the demographic data, you know, it tells you just basically like company name, title, industry, headcount, that kind of stuff. Then once that's completed, then you want to move into understanding this like intent type data or psychographic type data. And that's where you start analyzing like, what is an indicator to me that somebody might be ready to buy my service? And when you combine those two, then you get people that fit your demographic, fit your industries, that your case studies will apply to, that you have a proven like record with. And then when you start applying that intent psychographic based data, then you know like, okay, they're ready to buy from me. So I have the right person at the right time. That's really what like great data acquisition is about. Like you want to have those two pieces if possible. And it's not always possible to be fair. It's not always super easy to get that information. Uh, but if you can get those two, you have a winning strategy. Yeah. And just at that point too, you should, we're, we're talking about if you want to get the best, take a step back. 
this strategy that we're putting out there, this applies to when you really want to figure out how do I send less messages, but get better responses and more book calls. If we're doing a mass market approach, simply Googling financial advisors in the United States who are, who have been with Liberty Mutual for, I don't know, t- five years, right? That's, you could just run that quick search in, in Sales Navigator and then start mass marketing to them. This, what we're applying is like, if you want to take that extra step and actually figure out, okay, who are the best performing, you know, Liberty Mutual financial, and I don't even know, I'm just making this up. So it could be completely wrong because I don't know the insurance world, uh, but but those that struggle with, you know, keeping their books or don't have a CRM or whatever that is, like there are then ways to then figure that out. And if your solution, you know, it's probably going to take you, I think the standard number is 500 emails to get one positive response. If you're doing mass market in our world, if you can usually send about 15, 20 emails to get a positive response. So, I mean, it, it just depends, right? There's, there's different markets, but like Larissa was saying, like, this is, if you want to go very deep and get deeper conversations with probably harder to reach prospects too. Yeah, it's really, so what we're talking about largely in this conversation is not necessarily going to be on the mass market side. So the mass market, it's a little bit spray and pray. You just want to reach out to as many people as possible in hopes of getting as many responses as possible. And our approach is typically like, yes, of course, we want to make sure we're making up for things with volume and whatnot. Um, But we want to make sure we're reaching out to exactly the right person at the right time for them, because that will yield. Typically, we see far better results than, you know, sending 10,000 emails and getting like five responses out of it or whatever. Uh, And all the numbers we're using also take those with a grain of salt. It varies significantly by company, by industry, by products, like everything you're doing is going to vary significantly. So there are some generalized numbers, but if you don't hit a 20 email to 20 custom emails to one positive response, you could just be in a really hard market. And it's definitely worth noting that some markets are far more difficult to actually get in touch with. So consider that in your targeting as well. Like if you're trying to reach doctors, don't email them. <laughs> they're not going to they're not going to read their email. Don't email them. RAP. That's that's from past experiences. So yeah, hard one lesson. <laughs> but in addition to you know, I would say that's like the base level of like what we do and kind of how we do it. So again, we focus on base level demographic data, and then really honing in on those intent and psychographic data points, like understanding, are they ready to purchase from me yet? Um, And the end goal of that is really to have meaningful conversations with people. Like a lot of people, if you aren't doing your data acquisition right, there's a lot of uh, very prominent downsides to that. So like, if you're doing email outreach, for example, and you're doing mass email outreach, you are going to burn through domains. Your stuff is going to go to spam. You're going to have really low deliverability. You're going to have like a lot of these issues that come with a mass market email approach. That doesn't mean it's a bad approach, but it does mean that's something you need to consider 
is those types of factors. And also if you do a mass market email approach, you should probably get a, a SMTP sender like SendGrid or something to boost your security on your domains. Yeah, absolutely. Justine, anything you want to add here before we kind of move on to the next phase? Um, no, I think we're ready to move on. Yeah, I want to hear what the next step is. Yeah, Once that's... you have this data, these people, what's the next step? Yeah, so you've built this amazing list. Let's say it's 253, let's just say easy math, 300 people. They're amazing and you're going to reach out to them. The next thing you have to do is clean that data. Clean, 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 scrub, scrub, scrub. There, there's a couple of ones that we use. Bulk email uh, checker is a good one. There's a never bounce. There's, there's a bunch of softwares. And this is specifically for LinkedIn or for email. LinkedIn, you don't really need to check them because most email, oh, most LinkedIn software will just kick bad data. So this is for email specifically. Based on our numbers internally, anywhere from, if you're using Apollo, anywhere from five to 20% of that, that, those emails will not be registered. If we're using another database, you know, that's, let's just go with the assumption of 10% you know, across the board for Apollo or anything else. That means you're going to have 30 emails that are instantly kicked out. So you're down to 270. Then what you want to do is figure out how I want to spread that across days and demographics or, or time zones. So what I always do is I look for adding about 20 emails a day and then setting the follow-ups for about seven days after that. For other people, it's a little more aggressive. You know, you send out email on Monday, you send out a follow-up on Wednesday, next email next Monday, but I like to spread it out a little bit more, especially for cold outbound based on custom because people get busy. So what you do is you take those 270, you know, divided by two, which is, I don't know, let's do 70 divided 135. by 135. 135. So... Uh, I, why did we divide it by two, Larissa? That's, a, that's an odd question. Um, <laughs> we should divide it by 20. But um, so that will, you know, you'll basically have like a couple, you know, two weeks worth of data there. Um, actually, a little bit more because we're sending, you know, five days. Don't send emails on Saturdays if you want to. Sunday evenings to founders are really, really good. So now you have those 270 in there. You start sending, let's say that um, I don't really analyze data. Uh, on a day to day. I mean, I shouldn't, I sometimes do, but you basically want to wait for the first 100 emails to go out. Then you can start analyzing, okay, what's my open rate? If it's anything under 70%, like something's wrong, like they, the copy might not be enticing, subject line might be awful, email deliverability might be affected somehow. So you want to give that a check. Then I started looking for how many responses I have. At this point, I usually want between five and 15% responses. Then I'll make some tweaks, right? Run the next 100 through, right? So now we have 200 emails in, 70 left. You should be at least 70 to 75% open rates now. Uh, open rates should go down with time, but you still want to make sure that it's, it's around that 70% mark. But on the other hand, the open rates or the uh, response rates should go up. So deliver deliverability goes down or open rates go down with more emails that you send, but responses should go up with more that you send. So you should be looking at 10% plus responses across the board now. And if you're not, then something's wrong with the copy, call to action, case studies and whatnot. And then you do it for the next 70. By this time, you should have more data backed in, right? So like you should have more prospects ready to go. And you should have analyzed, you know, who, who are responding. Because you can take the people who respond, 
download them into Clearbit and then see, oh, it looks like 90% of our responses are coming from people that have 10 employees and are, I don't know, in a specific subset of the market. So for us, instead of marketing agencies, maybe it's advertising agencies. Maybe it's agents, advertising agencies that specialize in TikTok. Great. Now I can actually find better people, change my copy, and then the next go around have better results from that. So it's very iterative. Like you want to get a hundred out as soon as possible and analyze and then fix. And really like, that's what you want to do. Every hundred, you want to start analyzing and saying, okay, what's going on and how can I get better responses, more opens and more book calls after the first 300, you really want to see how many calls were booked. What I really want to do is for every, you know, 50 to a hundred messages, I want at least one book call. So if you're not hitting that, something's wrong. Either targeting, messaging, offer. Guys, do you have any questions so far on what we're doing? Emails being sent out? I don't have questions. I want to dive deep into a couple of the things you uh, kind of quickly went through. So the first thing would be cleaning data. That's really important. When you get a list, you need to go through and make sure that the the way that you're reaching out to these people is actually correct. So that's why we talk a lot about like, if you're sending cold email, you want to run that through like an email verification type software, because if you pull a list and 10% of your emails aren't verified, like they aren't real, you're going to get really high bounce rates and it's going to throw you off in a lot of other ways. It's also just wasted effort. Also, I want to mention a lot of the stats that Nico is mentioning specifically refer to custom outbound. So that's like, there are very custom points in there where if you send that email to anybody else, it might not make sense. So if you are doing more of a uh, standard email campaign, which would be, you know, you might have some custom fields in there, like name, company name, stuff like that. You may not get as high of open rates, uh, response rates, et cetera. So what we're talking about really is going to be highly custom outbound. So I want to just clarify that point as well. And then aside from that, the iterative process is really important. So once you get that that 100 emails out, and the reason we say to wait till you get 100 out is because you need to have a good sample size. So if you don't have a good enough sample size, the data you're analyzing, you could be analyzing it incorrectly just because you don't have enough information yet. So if you just get really lucky in your first five emails that you send out, let's say, you know, you got hundred percent opens, hundred percent response rates, whatever, in your first five, that's awesome. But five is not enough. That's not a big enough sample size for you to make an accurate uh, assumption based off of. So we prefer on our end, you know, minimum like a hundred every, basically every time you like really dive deep into the data, a hundred or if you space that out like we do, which is usually, you know, 20 to 40 emails a day, that's about a week's worth of data. So you go, you set it, you, in, in a week, you come back to it and you look at it and say, okay, what worked? What didn't? Where am I at? How do I incrementally increase all of these stats that we're talking about? So how do you incrementally increase your open rates, your reply rates, all of these types of things? Depending on the data you get, that will heavily influence the next steps you take. If your campaign's killing it, don't fix what don't fix what isn't broken. 
right? If you're getting 80% opens, 20% replies, leave it alone, do the exact same thing you did. Don't change anything. But if you're getting like 10% opens, which is, you know, relatively standard in a lot of ways that like many people do their email campaigns, you have a lot of room to, to improve, right? So if you're seeing those lower numbers, don't be discouraged because it really is just like week after week after week, you need to do the same process. You need to be scraping data. You need to be uh, improving on the prior week's performance. So that's kind of a good, like, I think general overview of a lot of the things that you had said, but Nico's like more in-depth, like step-by-step, that is what we do. And that is a good way to make sure you're getting the most out of your data. Yeah. And like, truth be told, like, I totally forgot about bounce rates because we have a 0.0001% bounce rate. So it's something I don't even think about. And that's why it's so important to clean your data and make sure that like, I'll, I'll be candid. I'm trying to run a new campaign and I'm still building out the process. And one of the things that we're looking for is like, if a person has more as a, if an agency has more than like a thousand, like a unique website, website traffic, traffic, um, uh, visitors, whatever. Visitors. Yeah. So I'm using one platform and then I'm manually checking each one with SpyFu. And, you know, even though like this one platform that we're using has like really good, you know, metrics, you're still looking at like one in five, like 20% being wrong. And even if I got that person on the call, I wouldn't be able to solve their problem, like point blank. So like why spend extra time doing it? is because like, even if I get the right person on the call, I couldn't help them because this solution doesn't work for anything under a thousand unique visitors, right? So like, th- that's why like, it's so it's like trust, but verify. And in the future, you know, we'll, we'll build a, build a like automation to do it. But at this point, like I want to prove out the concept first. So everything always changes. And that's the biggest thing I want you to take away is like, most things don't happen by accident. And data is a great way to explain it. So when you're thinking about changing a campaign or even starting outbound, like you need to understand what is the offer? Who's it for? You know, what does it actually solve? And then what's the messaging that to get someone to respond? Never go into outbound selling, go into it with uh, asking, right? Asking if you can help solve that problem. So that's really all I have for the data side. Uh, Team, are we missing anything on on this, this front? Um, I think that the only thing that I think is just important to uh, maybe maybe close on a little bit is like, if, if you're scared of data acquisition, if you're scared of outbound campaigns, just do your best and get something out there. Like I said, you want baseline numbers and then your goal is not necessarily to knock it out of the park your first try. Like that's not going to happen. And just understand that like, it is a learning process. Every product is different. Every industry is different. Every niche is different. So you need to understand that like, you're probably not going to kill it on your first step, almost no matter what. Once you do get something that works, that is when you want to go in and you know start automating pieces of those process to make it less time consuming. The reason we recommend waiting to automate those pieces is that you're going to change so much from your first iteration to your fifth. So if you go through and do this week after week, it's going to get better and you need to, you know, 
as, as long as you're making changes to actually improve things. If you do the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same result. But um, if you're then working to improve and you're working to, you know, improve some of those baseline metrics, right? Your open rates, reply rates, bounce rates. Once you get to a point where like you are getting solid positive responses and, you know, your campaigns seem to be working, that's when you want to go in, you know, maybe get a browser bot or something like that that can do a lot of this work for you. Only do that once you have a proven process that you know works for you and that you know exactly who you're reaching out to, you know, the messaging that's working for them, you know, once you have all those pieces in place. And don't get discouraged if it doesn't work out the first try because it probably won't. Yeah. So just keep trying. We should have a pod about that. Whereas like the amount of failures that we've had, like it's just, it's just crazy. And all the things that we test and when you finally like crack the code, you want to go really, really, really heavy on that because truth be told, like it can go away. It, It will go away. Just like email domains will burn strategies and market saturation will happen. So once you have a winning formula, like double down on that because it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It is crazy out there. So, and don't be afraid to AB test. Don't be afraid to like change one small thing and see what impact that alone has. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's a good point. Like when you're testing, like test one variable, right. Cause otherwise if you change a ton of things and a ton of, you know, it, it works, it's like, okay, great. But like, I don't know what to do next time. Do I change everything? Justine? I don't know. Should I like shave my head? Uh, if that's going to increase my closing rate, well, maybe if I just change the way I speak or my demo, I don't have to go that that crazy, right? So, team, it's been amazing, guys. If you have any questions about lead generation for agencies, please let us know at getboundlessmedia.com. and we're here to help you get more, frankly, more leads, more close sales, and not have to worry about the ups and downs that comes with being an agency owner. So, have a fantastic day. I appreciate you guys all for listening. And goodbye.